question. If I told you that in order to build wealth, healing your money wounds should be a priority, yes, even before learning all the things about personal finance, would you believe me? Ignoring your money wounds can hinder you when building wealth. If you want to know what you can do to avoid this so you can get past those money wounds and build more wealth easily, this is the episode for you. Today's special guest, Linda Garcia, will share her wisdom. So don't press pause and keep listening. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Ready to transform your financial life with ease and confidence? Discover the Her Dinero Matters Money Planner, your ultimate digital tool for simplifying money management with its unique blend of psychological insights and practical budgeting tools. This planner is not just about tracking expenses, but about rewriting your money story. Whether you're aiming for big financial goals or everyday financial wellness, this planner is your personalized guide to simplify your money management and elevate your confidence. Download your copy today by visiting jenhemphill.com forward slash planner for more details and even get a sneak peek inside. Use the code Reina at checkout for 10% off. You are listening to Her Dinero Matters, the podcast helping Latinas have increased confidence and control over their finances. My name is Jen Hempel, and as an accredited financial counselor, my mission is to help you be more confident and simplify your finances so you can save more, get out of debt quicker, and build your wealth. Money wounds. Most of us have them. I venture to say almost all of us have them. All of us also want to build wealth, and our guest and author, Linda Garcia, is going to help us navigate both. Linda Garcia worked in the TV and film industry for 17 years before launching the Let There Be Loose podcast. Her spiritual journey led her to her life's purpose of helping the Latinx community heal generational money wounds. She launched the Start Market course back in 2020 and created the community of Latinx investors known in Loose We Trust. If the topic of money wounds interests you and you want to continue that conversation, let's do this together with our community. Stay tuned, and I will share the how later in this episode. But for now, let's meet our special guest, Linda Garcia. Bienvenida, Linda. I am so thrilled to have you here. I know we just connected just today, and I've heard so many great things about you. I did some digging on you, of course, stalked you for a little bit, and I'm just thoroughly impressed, which, of course, with the connection that we have with Rita Bautista, it it doesn't surprise me because she really aligns herself with some really amazing people. So welcome. I'm really excited to dig into who you are today. Thank you. Thank you so much for opening your space and amplifying the work that I'm doing. I really appreciate it. Of course, we need it. We need it. Well, there's so many of us Latinos here in the U.S. 
And your book is needed. Uh, recently, we published a blog post that literally, I don't think there was even maybe 20 books by Latinx authors that's about personal finance. And how many millions or billions of us are there? Exactly. So your work is needed. So I'm really excited. Before we talk about your book, we want to know about you. So if you could take us back in time to maybe a time in your life that really shaped how you see and perceive money today. I know from what I read, you are a warrior. You stopped living with your parents at the age of 12, became a mom at the age of 14, and you really have become just everything that I've read and seen a really true example for others to follow, especially us Latinas. Talk to us about that. Yeah, so I, uh, you know, grew up like many children of immigrants watching my parents work extremely hard, multiple jobs. My mom would clean houses. She would babysit she would make tacos and sell them and then she worked at a factory overnight like the night shift like many of us I've watched my my parents work really hard for you know everything that they've built and I've also watched them deteriorate over the work that they've done you know mental health and the sacrifices of not being able to spend holidays with us because work always came first and I think one of the things for me that really affected me emotionally in so many ways because I wanted to know what it was like to have you know Noche Buena with my parents I was always with aunts and uncles and that felt really hurtful even though I was surrounded with family it was really hard for me to see my cousins with their parents and just kind of feel a little bit of an outcast even though we were a close family so I think for me it was really a commitment to myself that when I got older I would be rich you know I Maybe I didn't understand wealth at the time, but at the time I could perceive richness. I knew what that looked like because my perception was shaped on the houses that my mom cleaned. And so I knew that I wanted to live a lifestyle where my family was with me on the holidays, where our life didn't revolve around working in exchange for money. I think that really just propelled me into, into the space we're in today. Very interesting. And do you think that experience led to any sort of money wounds because that is something that you discuss a lot. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that in terms of your experience and your story? Yeah, I think the core contribution of my money wounds is for sure the type of life that we live. Um, then later in life, I think the exposure to wealthy people showed me the harsh contrast between my personal life and the way other people lived. But for sure, I think that we are not only observant of our parents and how they, what their relationship with money looks like, but we're also absorbing that by osmosis. So a lot of the times it's not what they say, but what they don't say. It's the worry in their face. It's how we're emotionally reading what's taking place in the home and so for us I know it was the same meal continuously every day my mom always talks about how she used to have after all the bills were paid she had seven dollars left and those seven dollars had to feed our entire family for a month understanding that and her worry and the pressure that she carried to try to move forward is 1000% where my money wounds came from and then of course her experience uh, when she was a child right and how she brought that experience forward into my experience whether she realized it or not right I guess I should have asked before and is and you've painted the picture of money wounds but how would you define 
kind money wounds in the sense of generational money wounds. You gave some examples. Sure. A generational money wound is a emotion on how emotion and relationship your relationship towards money most of the time this relationship towards money is based on your ancestors relationship towards money and so it comes from your parents and then of course how your parents were uh, emotionally attached to money or had scarce mindset so there was a study um, mouse pups that they did a long time ago uh, scientists executed they wanted wanted to see if experience changed your DNA. And so what they found is that they took these little mouse pups and they sprayed them with cherry blossom spray and then they electrocuted the mouse pups. And they did this continuously over and over. Those mouse pups grew up, uh, became mice, had their own mouse pups, and then they simply took their descendants, sprayed them with cherry blossoms, did not electrocute them. And what they found was that the, those mice, they would act as if they were getting electrocuted just by smelling the cherry blossom spray. They continued this for another generation and they found the same thing, that they just sprayed them with the spray and the mouse pups sh were shaking as if they were being electrocuted. And so what that study tells us is that our DNA does in fact change pertaining to our experiences and that we potentially can give our trauma to our our children and they may be reacting to certain situations not ever having experienced personally themselves the trauma but having the trauma directly encoded into the DNA and so money wounds and the concept of money wounds is understanding not just your personal relationship with money but also your parents personal relationship with money and then working towards changing your perception on money changing your relationship on money and just being conscious of how you feel about money, how you feel about people that have money uh, in general. I find that fascinating and just it made me think of mi abuelita, my mom, just growing up. And even though some of their experiences I did not know as, I was, as a child, I could tell the tension. I could tell the stress, which it just came up in different ways and in different times of our life. And it wasn't till I was like, I was married already 10 years years that I realized how much of an impact it had on me and how it prevented me from doing more things with money no matter how I was already an accredited financial counselor so it didn't matter the education and what I knew or did not know about money it was really truly had an impact and that's when I launched myself in, into understanding more you talk about money once so you've delved deeper into this but I understood how our upbringing and, and learn how our upbringing bring in really impacts us. So I find this really fascinating because it really makes me think of mi abuelita, of my mom, the life that they lived, the challenges that they've overcome, but how it still took a toll on me, even too as an adult. So thank you for sharing that. And how would you say those generational money wounds and how do, does that prevent us from building wealth? Because that's a big topic in our community, building wealth. <laughs> yes, it is a big topic and it should be, right? It's a, it's a very important topic and one that we're just barely diving into, which is why I feel like it's taking center stage because we've been taught for so long not to speak on money. And so for me, I think the importance of addressing your money wounds 
funds is even more so important than understanding financial literacy because you can read all the books, take all the courses, do all the studying, but if you don't personally understand your relationship with money and how you actually feel about money, then you're never going to be able to amass wealth because if you're taking in all this financial literacy but you believe deep down in your heart that wealthy people are greedy, then you will find ways to sabotage your pursuit of building wealth because deep down inside, your system is saying that you don't want to be wealthy because you believe that wealthy people are bad or greedy. It's important to make those discoveries and to go back and find what the actual truth is about money and what the actual truth is about people generating wealth and that not everyone that is wealthy is greedy. On the other side of that, just because you might deem someone as poor, that doesn't mean they don't have greed within them either. Right. And I've been guilty of really allowing those wounds and not addressing them because I didn't know any better. It definitely, as I mentioned earlier, really prevented me to in moving forward and and making more progress. And as I mentioned, I read the personal finance books. It wasn't that I did not know what to do, but it was those wounds that was really holding me back. So I really love this. Now, I'm also curious. I want to see how this ties into it because you also worked on building programming in the U.S. Hispanic market. And we know that the topic of wealth, we know that money has been such a taboo topic in our community. What, from the time that you work there, what were you able to take away that really has helped you in serving our community as a financial educator and in writing this book and knowing what messages and what to, to relate to our community so it really clicks? Yeah, absolutely. Well, working in the space of, you know, supporting, creating U.S. Hispanic content, I think it has been absolutely an important part of what I'm doing today, which I think just goes to show that sometimes you might feel like, oh, I'm doing something completely different than what I was doing before, but it's there's always a through line. There's always a connection on how what you were doing previously is aiding you in what you are currently doing. And so for me, it has become really clear that obviously we're so dynamic. You cannot really put us in a box like you cannot call it U.S. Hispanic content. You know, that's what we call it in that section. And really, we are general market. So general market is what you refer to when creating content for what people would think traditionally is white people. That's what you would call general market, where Hispanic US market is something that is content that you would create for the Latina community. And so for me, I think I kept really understanding, like, why are we separating the US Latina community when really that's general market? We can't separate the two. Like, I wasn't necessarily reading Latina magazine when I was younger. I I was reading mostly magazines like Cosmo and Elle. And so it's interesting to see the dynamic. And so that's why I think a lot of us are so passionate about having content integrated that reflects us in magazines like Elle and Cosmo. Like we're here too. We're just not seeing ourselves reflected and that maybe it's not extremely necessary to have something that's exclusive to us, but more inclusive. And so I think when I create my content, I am unapologetic 
unapologetically Latina. With that being said, I always make sure to show up and reflect in my culture. And one of the things that, in my culture and in my style, because it's not just necessary my culture of like being Latina, I also really love hip hop. I used to be in gangs when I was younger, so I love the vibe of gang culture, you know, the necklaces, just like I used to, that used to be me. And so I make sure that I show up as myself fully and I feel like that always is um, shocking to people when they meet me and when they hear me talking about direct ownership in the stock market and when I go deep into the subject like it's almost like they they don't understand what they're seeing and what they're hearing and so for me I think what I learned the most is that it is important for us to show up as authentic as possible and how culture has molded us and that looks completely different for me than it does for you than it does for someone else and I think it's just showing up you know as yourself and having that represented I have not heard this perspective and I'm loving it because I think of our community and the different subgroups in our community and you're so right because I moved and I did not immigrate because I've had the privilege of my dad being an American citizen but I moved to the U.S. when I was eight years old so I've been here most of my life and so some of the culture and the music and some of the things like like you the magazines you know you're right I never thought saw it from that perspective but of how much maybe that influenced me or how much I submerged myself in there but maybe a recent immigrant may have a different level of how they submerge themselves in those areas because they're recent so it's I find it so fascinating I never thought about it that way and I'm so glad you share that because it really makes sense. I appreciate that. Now, let's talk about, I know we've made mentions of your book. (laughs) It's called Wealth Warrior. What does it mean to be a wealth warrior? You talked earlier about your own personal money wounds and how you started to realize that even though you were in finance, you started to see that you had beliefs that were previously affecting you. And so the only reason I speak about money wounds is because a part of me feels like if there's someone that knows money wounds inside and out, it is 1000% me. So I'm not speaking from a space of having studied it. I'm speaking from a space of having actually lived it and found my way out of it continuously every day just because I've worked on improving myself it doesn't mean that I have much more improvement to work towards most especially as I'm working to get to new levels in my finance life and you know that involves finance and so wealth warrior is really a representation of almost like the war the internal war and the dynamic that goes within and how you have to really fight your subconscious mind to overcome that and change your belief it's not something that is easy it doesn't take just affirmations it doesn't it takes so many other things practice and the most important part of the experience is time the actual journey the day in and day out of parenting yourself or you know calming down your scarcity reminding yourself that we live in an abundant world like it's continuous parenting and so to me it's a battle really between me and me and so wealth warrior is about a person Person that understands that they have a internal battle going on and they're ready to make the commitment to overcome that battle and so the book kind of lays that out in a sort of in a battlefield and there's tips for you to move through that process 
I love the title. And just in getting to know you and doing the research that I have on who you are, it just, it fits and it just makes so much sense. Now, in the book, it teaches how to invest. What is the biggest thing that you want readers to take away from reading Wealth Warrior? The biggest takeaway I want you to take when you read this book is to understand that there is a space for you being a direct shareholder in the stock market. I want you to understand that only 0.5% of the Latine community is a direct shareholder in the stock market. Meanwhile, the top wealthiest people in this country own 89% of all shares. I'm going to say that again. The top 10% wealthiest people in this country own 89% of shares. And on top of that, 90% of people that own shares are white. And so we're looking at a huge gap. Meanwhile, we have a lot of people in general in the United States that say, oh, Wall Street isn't for everyone. You know, you can just you invest in 401k and have an exposure there. But the truth is that being a shareholder, a direct shareholder, not via your 401k, not via your mutual fund, but actually owning shares in a publicly traded company is a very viable way to start generating wealth. There's three ways to make wealth in this country. One of them is to be an investor into a business, whether it is your own your own business. Another one is by way of real estate. And another one is by way of the stock market. The biggest thing I want you to take away is that Wealth Warrior will give you the key to understanding how to begin generating wealth in the stock market. And you said how, what percentage of Latinos? 0.5%. Wow, that, that is crazy. And thank you for sharing those stats with us. Now, I'm curious also with a backstory for the book. So we learn as to what you want readers to take away. Tell me how long has this book been in the making? Has it, because what I've noticed, I don't know if you agree with me, but what I've noticed in the time that I've been in this space is that pre-2020, I feel like there wasn't much talk by Latinos to Latinos about finances or even wealth building. But once I think when the pandemic hit, it feels like, at least from my observation, <laughs> all of a sudden the talk, you know, that people started talking and it felt more visible and it felt more the conversations were more out there. So do you agree on that? And, and let me know what the backstory on, on the book. Yeah, I began investing in the stock market in 2013, the beginning of 2013, January 2013 to be exact, is when I started investing in the stock market. And this was something that I always kept private. I shared it with, you know, my closest friends, which were three friends and my partner. And I never discussed it outside of that. Why? Because Latinos do not talk about money. We don't don't share any information pertaining to that. Te van a tener envidia, no digas nada, like people can't find out that you're doing this, you know. So I always kept it really close to my heart as a form of protecting what it was that I was building. Um, it wasn't until the pandemic when I understood that there was a massive opportunity. So I'm going to take it back again to my younger self. When I mentioned earlier that I've always wanted to be rich as 
I started to grow older, I understood that I wanted more than just being rich. I wanted to actually build wealth and I wanted to have generational wealth because I felt like it made no sense for me to try to, you know, have a rich life for myself. I wanted it to go on for generations to come. I started to pay close attention to how wealthy white men, really, because those are the examples we have, begin to generate wealth. And so I dived into that. And one thing I understood that was very clear was that anytime there's a recession or the economy comes down, that is the crucial time when wealth is built. And I was so upset that in 2008, I didn't understand that. I was just a victim, quote unquote, to the circumstances that were happening where I was getting evicted. I was losing jobs like many people. You know, I was watching them lose everything they had built throughout that 2008 crash. And so I understood that my opportunity to generate wealth and build wealth was going to come in the next crash of the market when a crisis would happen and what I also understood is that almost every 10 years this is something that takes place so we were due at this time it's 2020 December of 2020 and I am traveling for work and as I'm traveling for work I'm simultaneously reading that there's something going on in China that is spreading and so I'm watching this story closely as a mother Um, and as someone that's fearful for something that can potentially happen. The moment that COVID hits Italy and spreads in Italy, it was late January. I knew immediately that it was a matter of time before it hit the United States. I, I was sad for the disaster that it would create and all of those things, but it was so clear to me. It was as clear as day that the stock market and, and our economy was going to crash because we were going to have to shut down. I knew for a fact there's no way we're not going to have to shut down. So on February 4th, the reason I know this is because I I did a podcast episode on it. I started calling my friends and family and saying, open a brokerage account because the stock market is going to crash because we're going to shut down the economy and COVID is going to hit. And my family was like, have you slept? Are you okay? Is everything okay? (laughs) Of course, because everyone else is thinking, ah, whatever comes, it'll be gone in a week. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we we weren't thinking, you know, you know, thinking like the possibilities. I mean, we didn't want to in denial, too. I know I was. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And so I got desperate when my family wouldn't listen because I knew I had an important message to share. And so that's when I decided to stop my podcast that was focused on spirituality and your personal journey on listening to your intuition. And I listened to my intuition and I was like, we're shutting this down. And I'm pivoting right now and I started to go to my stories and educating and showing my portfolio how I had $300,000 in the market I'm expected for this money to go I'm expecting it to go down but I've pulled part of it out because I'm going to reinvest once the market drops and I was actually surprised at the amount of people that were like do you have a resource how do I learn how to do this and my resources were not easy to process resources there weren't resources that I could give you that 
that you would learn how to start investing in the stock market by tomorrow. And so I thought to myself, wow, I have eight years at that time experience on how to do this, like studying it, knowing the language, maybe I can create a workshop. And so I feverishly began building a workshop that I thought would be an hour and turned into a 10 hour workshop. And I started educating during the pandemic on how to become a direct shareholder uh, during the pandemic in the stock market. And so through that process, we actually had a book agent, a very big, well-recognized, probably the biggest, not probably, she's the biggest book agent that represents the biggest stars that write books, like massive writers, massive celebrities. I have no idea why she represents me, but she found the course and was like, uh, brought a publisher with her, spied, took my course twice, and then they came to me and said, we think you have a book. And so your question is how, you know, how long had you been writing the book? I've been writing the book since January 13th when I decided to start investing in the stock market. Did I know I had a book in the stock market? Absolutely not. I didn't know that a Latina child of immigrants that's not, that didn't major in finance was allowed to write a book on the stock market, you know? But here we are. This, this book is based on pure experience. This is beautiful. And why is your agent representing you? I think everyone listening right now can attest to why <laughs> with everything that you shared. Now, are there any last parting words, anything else that you would like to relay to the person uh, listening right now that maybe needs some encouragement? Maybe they're thinking, yeah, I do want to build wealth. I've been doing it, but what are some things that you can encourage her with or him? Because we've got guy listeners too. <laughs> sure, sure. The biggest thing I want to say is that Wealth Warrior was written for you specifically for you. I know that Wall Street and the stock market feels absolutely intimidating and overwhelming and really complex. And that's because it is. But the book was written so that you can digest it in a very simple way. It has my story integrated into the entire book. So there's appropriate brain breaks. And it just, I, I use analogies throughout the book to help you process what it is that is taking place. And I think that this is going to be really important to help shift and get your relationship with money started on a in a positive perspective so that by osmosis your children can start to receive messages about positive money relationship. If you have children or if you have nieces and nephews or close friends and family, your relationship with money will start to change if you read this book. I've seen it time and time again, not just through the book already in such a short period of time, but through my work overall in my courses. And so the book being, you know, the hardcover is a really small investment to make as opposed to, you know, the, the lack of investing and understanding and not having these conversations earlier. So I highly encourage you to purchase the book. And I want to say, like, I promise you, if you start reading the book, you're going to find a really deep, personal, spiritual perspective on money that will help change your current circumstance. Well, Linda, this has been phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for writing the book for the space that you take up here in the world. You're needed and we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
From today's episode, we learned a lot of valuable information. It's important to heal our money wounds so that our relationship with money feels easy and not another obstacle in our lives. This in turn allows us to build wealth much more easily since our mind is clear of those limiting beliefs created by those money wounds. Support this Latina author by picking up a copy of her book, Wealth Warrior. Of course, we have the link in the show notes. And also connect with her on Instagram, which you can find her under Loose Warrior. And of course, if you want to just go straight to the show notes, we'll have the link for you as well. I'm curious though, was the topic of money wounds fascinating to you like it was for me? Do you want to continue the conversation? You can join me this upcoming Tuesday, May 30th in the evening, where I will share you mine. If you feel comfortable, I would love it if you share yours as well so we can all grow, learn, and heal together. We will do this from our private community at jenhemphill.com forward slash community. So find the link in the show notes and join us. As for next week, it is June. It starts at the beginning of a new month and June marks the eighth year. Yes, you heard me right. The eighth year of this podcast. So we are going to be celebrating all month long with going back in time each week to different episodes selected from my team. It's going to be a lot of fun and you definitely don't want to miss it. Bueno pues, that is everything. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to tune into the show. You can check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 354. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash 354. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.